listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? Today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm not even sure exactly how to, to describe this. We had, a few months ago, we had a Saturday rained out. Rained out. It was a rain out. And so all of the trainers were sitting under the shade awning out in the big field here at Kindred Spirits Dog Training. And we just got... Watching our dogs get muddier and muddier and having a great time. Right. Dogs were running and playing and having a great time. And we came up with an idea. Yep. And it was quite an idea. Well, you're the only writer in our group, so... Who did come up with the idea of writing a story? I think I came up with the title. Okay. And then well, we, we just started did. giving them personalities or matching them up right. with actors or whatever. I think we started yeah. like, wait, I think we need to do a book. Well, we were talking about your great American novel. Right, right. And I right. think this is like the mini version of it. Yeah. Just kind of test the waters. Yeah. So, anyway, we've got to take a break for our sponsors, but hold on and we'll give you an introduction to <laughs> our great idea. And we'll even read you the first chapter and then we'll talk about it and explain where it came from. So hold on, we'll be right back. Sit, stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. The Boo Boo Loon Pet Recovery Collar is an innovative inflatable product that comfortably restricts pets from harming most surgical wounds, skin disorders, and obsessive licking or scratching. It's the humane alternative to the hard plastic cone and other devices. The Boo Boo Loon is easy to use and designed to be soft, fully adjustable, and pillow-like, allowing for unrestricted vision and complete freedom of movement. Sizes range from extra small to extra large. So join the Boo Boo Lution. Become a Boo Boo Buddy on Facebook or check out BooBooLoon.com. B-O-O-B-O-O-L-O-O-N.com. Your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website petliferadio.com. Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling out in the world trips or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on a super smiley adventure. Good boy. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. So anyway, this rainy Saturday, which actually the sun ended up coming out, so that was a good idea. We decided to take all of the dogs belonging to the trainers at Kindred Spirits Dog Training and match their own unique individual personalities with a character from the 1849 Gold Rush in California, because after all, Kindred Spirits is here in California, and then tell stories with these characters. And we set up, as we were sitting out in the yard chatting about this, we came up with some descriptions of the characters (laughs) and what their jobs would be in this Gold Rush town. And I think we did a pretty good job. I think so. We We certainly had a lot of fun doing it. And we had a great time doing it. So the way this has evolved is now we've got the cast of characters written and the first chapters written. And I'll be working on the second chapter shortly. We will have these available for downloading from the Kindred Spirits website, which is www.kindredspiritsk9, that's the letter K, the number 9, Dot com. You'll be able to download the cast of characters in the first chapter for free, and we'll have a lot of photos. And then each subsequent, tra- subsequent chapter, after I finish it and we match it with photos, will be downloadable for $0.99 cents through PayPal. And all of the monies, all of the monies will be going to help support and fund the Kindred Spirits Service Dog Training Program. And I think, which is a 501c3, and I think that's a very worthy cause. So we get to have fun, we get to write something different, and we help support a worthy cause. So that's the whole program. So, should we introduce the It's going to be name? like one of those serials, stay tuned next week. Yeah. For the further <laughs> adventures of... I'm not sure I can do a chapter a week, and maybe... <laughs> well. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to do two a month. <laughs> All right, so Kate's going to introduce the characters to you. Here's the cast of characters. Don't we have to introduce the book, the name? Oh, well, the name is The Legends of Wild Dog Junction. The cast of characters. Today, the brothers Kona and Riker are usually found on the porch of the general store. Although the two brothers are going gray, they are still handsome dogs. However, they were something in their younger years. Stocky, handsome, and full of personality. Riker, always the charmer, had a twinkle in his eye and a kiss in his heart. Well, not always just in his heart. (laughs) While Kona was, and still is, the most dependable brother or friend to be found. They found and dug the Wild Dog Gold Mine and founded Wild Dog Junction. This homesteaded two ranches outside of the town. Bashir was one of the first to settle in Wild Dog Junction after its establishment. He opened the general store, and he also serves as the town's first and only mayor. Riker's half-brother, Bashir, never uses his relationship to Riker to his advantage. In fact, most residents don't realize he's related. Bashir enjoys a good time, but he's also calm, steady, and solid as a rock. Now, Sisko is a native of Wild Dog Junction, 
In fact, he's never lived anywhere else. He's a handsome teenage dog, dark with slightly wavy hair and intense golden eyes. He's very smart, and the school marm, Sierra, has a hard time keeping him challenged. Bashir, Sisko's father, knows that Sisko is going to need to find his own way in the world, but he tries to keep his son busy in the general store. Sisko, however, finds the store boring. Sisko tends to be quiet, shy with strangers, but fun and engaging with his friends. Now, Sisko's best friend is Rio, another handsome teenage dog who was born in Wild Dog Junction. Rio is happy, energetic, and always ready for an adventure. Sisko and Rio balance each other. Rio is always ready to leap before he thinks, while Sisko sometimes thinks too much. Prep school Toby, as Rio calls him, is a refugee from a prep school escapade. A quiet, somewhat somber, and very smart young dog. Apparently he got into trouble back east in his prep school. Toby, having been raised back east, is trying to learn the ways of the West, but is having a tough time. He's made friends with Sisko, but he's a little afraid of Rio. Logan is Bashir's brother. Although charming and handsome himself, Logan is always on the verge of getting into trouble, no matter how hard he tries to be as good as his brother. He was sent to a military boarding school as a child because of his many escapades. When he was eventually expelled because of one too many pranks, he followed his brother to Wild Dog Junction with his friend from school, his partner in crime, we might say, Wyatt. Wyatt is another handsome, charming young dog, and he's extremely loyal to his friend Logan. And although willing to get into trouble with him, deep down inside, Wyatt wishes Logan would stop getting both of them into trouble. <laughs> the town's deputy is Storm. She knows Logan and Wyatt both very well. They've spent plenty of time in her jail. Of European ancestry, Storm is a young female dog of the American West. She's strong, forceful, and an excellent shot with both a pistol and a rifle. She's zealous about enforcing the law, and Storm has a secret crush on Gromit. Gina and her late husband were also early settlers in the town. Although he passed away shortly after they built their house, Gina chose to remain in town. Famous for her exquisite quilts, Gina was able to support herself by selling quilts and renting out rooms in her house to boarders. She's known to be a fair but stern landlady. There's no funny stuff in her house. Gina is the head of the local quilting bee and is a member of the town council uh, by her own appointment. Gina's housekeeper at the boarding house is Maggie, a small silver-haired dog. Maggie is a widow, but only Kona and Riker knew her husband. He died in a shootout in the main street of town. Well, the only street in town. After his death, Maggie didn't want to go back east to her family, so Riker asked Gina to give her a job in exchange for room and board. Maggie watches out for the boarders, and she runs interference for them when Gina gets upset. Apache is Wild Dog Junction's doctor, a nephew of Kona and Riker. Kona and Riker paid for his college education and medical training with the agreement that he would come back to town and serve as the town's only doctor. Raised and educated on the East Coast, Apache doesn't fit in well with most of the town's residents. He's a little sound sensitive and he doesn't like gunfire. Sadie rents a room from Gina. She's a driver for the doggone stagecoach line. That runs from Chicago and into various parts of California. Sadie drives the leg in and out of Wild Dog Junction. 
She's not happy about it, though, as she's often afraid of the robbers and Indians who constantly threaten the stagecoach. But Sadie is devoted to her horses and vows not to leave them. Because she takes such good care of her horses, she's been able to outrun and avoid many of the potential stagecoach robbers. <laughs> now, Taco was born in the West. He's explored north, south, east, and west. He told Kona and Riker he knows the West better than any dog alive. However, some old t- injuries made him a little gimpy. And he decided exploring, well, that's for younger dogs. He's now the owner of the local bar, the Red Dog Saloon. A good-looking dog. Taco is proud of his bar. And he doesn't tolerate any fisticuffs going on there. Taco has long adored his head waitress, Calamity Peach. A luxurious woman dog from New Orleans with salt and pepper blue merle hair. Peaches, though, would never settle for just one man. I love them all, honey. I just love them all. Although Peaches is obviously much more than just a waitress at the Red Dog Saloon, no one ever mentions exactly what it is she does. (laughs) Most of the male dogs in town love her, and many of the female dogs are afraid of her. Those who aren't afraid don't care what she does. No one knows why Peaches left New Orleans, and frankly, no one's ever asked. But when she arrived in Wild Dog Junction and asked Taco for a job, he readily offered her one. Now, Ben and Keeley, they arrived in town with an air of mystery. Both are tiny blondes of European descent, with an accent the locals can't quite figure out. The pair settled in a storefront and began offering their services as seamstress and milliner. Keeley is a talented seamstress, but is also an accomplished gossip. (laughs) There's... Usually a gaggle of people, and not all women, in and out of their shop. Everyone knows if you need to know something about anyone or anything, you check with Keeley. Ben and Keeley employ another seamstress, Lacey, who appeared in town just a few years ago. No one knows anything about Lacey's background, although Raz, she thinks all three, Ben, Keeley, and Lacey, she thinks they're vampires. Then there's Dinky. Dinky is a small, somewhat round lady dog who also happens to be a preacher. Her congregation in Boston collected the money to send her west to help convert the heathens. Although the town built her a small church, few of the residents have been willing to hear her message, or at least to take her seriously. Dinky has found a soulmate in Gina, however. They mutually condemn the heathens in the town, including the hussy who works at the saloon. Doc is the town, well, let's just call him the handyman for lack of a better title. Doc, he came to the region as a sheep herder. Kind of a bad idea in cattle country. After several cattle ranchers relieved him of his sheep, Doc fell in with Logan's crowd. That didn't last long, though, and he came to town to find some means of supporting himself. Doc is a long, lean dog with a shock of sun-bleached red hair. He's quiet, calm, reserved, and lazy. He'll work a job, just long enough to earn some money for food and booze, and sometimes for time in the back room at the Red Dog Saloon. Walter. Walter's a small, short, feisty dog with curly black hair. He's a card shark at the Red Dog Saloon, and he keeps himself fed and housed from the proceeds of his card games. Although the locals won't play with him anymore, many of the transients that come to town on the stagecoach as well as explorers and miners that stop in town for supplies. Well, they'll play cards with them, much to their dismay. 
Walter will also not tolerate any references to his size. Anyone calling him short will see the business end of his derringer. Taco likes Walter, as does Bashir, and they keep an eye out for him to keep him safe. He has, however, spent time in Storm's jail cell on more than one occasion. He rents a room from Gina, who watches over him, but is often embarrassed by his behavior. Hershey, he doesn't reside in town, but instead lives at the Wild Dog Gold Mine, where he is Kona and Riker's mine foreman. He's got a short temper, tends to be somewhat antisocial, and he doesn't mind living alone. He does have a crush on Calamity Peach, though. Gromit, he doesn't live in town either, a cowboy and the resident manager of both Kona and Riker's cattle ranches. Gromit is young, rough, and sometimes quite rowdy. Gromit is tall, lean, dark, and handsome with a shock of unruly black hair. He also has a crush on Calamity Peach. His baby brother, Tango, lives with him. Jasper and Lily are brother and sister. They love each other as siblings and fight like them, too. They were both reporters for a large newspaper in Chicago, but were frustrated at the lack of advancement. In, in Wild Dog Junction, they founded The Reed Dog, a weekly four-page newspaper. With Jasper as the editor and Lily the primary reporter, they try to keep up on all the current events, such as they are. They also each rent a room in Gina's boarding house. Quill is Jasper and Lily's young male cousin. He shares a room with Jasper in Gina's boarding house, and he's an intern at the Reed Dog. Quill, whose name is misspelled on purpose, although no one really knows why. But he's thrilled with newspaper work and uses it as an excuse to roam around the town. Quill is envious of Cisco and Reel's friendship, and he wants to be a good friend with them and Toby. There aren't many children yet in Wild Dog Junction, but the town does have a teacher. Sierra came to town as the school marm. Still young, Sierra is quiet and somber, but she has a rebellious streak. She lives in the back room at the schoolhouse. Cisco, Rio, Toby, Raz, Lacey, and Quill are supposed to be attending school, but frankly, their attendance is a little spotty. Raz lives with Sierra, now a teenager. The town knows that her mother passed away, giving birth to her, but no one knows where she came from or why she lives with Sierra. Raz has been a rebellious child, and she still grieves for the mother she never knew. Not comfortable in the role of a civilized young lady, Raz is a woman dog of the Wild West. She's testing the strength of her guardian's control and trying to find her place in the world. Roop, well, Roop runs the livery stable in town. The stagecoach keeps their horses there, as do some of the town's dogs. Most of the time, Roop is calm, quiet, steady, as befits someone who works with horses. But Roop has a hidden wild streak. Kona and Riker know about it, as do Bashir and Storm. But many of the town's residents are unaware of this other side of Roop. Roop, Sadie, Gromit, although all three are totally different personalities, they all share a love of horses and are good friends. And that's our cast of characters. characters. <laughs> So let's take a break for our sponsors, and when we get back, Kate will read you chapter one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so hold on, we'll be right back. Sit, stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. 
Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash world, W-O-R-L-D, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hey guys, this is Skyler Samuel. Hi, this is Rochelle Seth from the Twilight franchise. Hey, what's going on? It's Tyler James Williams and everybody hates Chris. Hey guys, it's Caroline Sunshine from the new movie Marmaduke. You are listening to the amazing, unstoppable Christian Powers. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock. Pets Rock on Pet Life Radio. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Powers of Pets Rock at Pet Life Radio. We'll see you next time. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. All right. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. We're not going to have much intro. We're going to go straight to chapter one of the Legends of Wild Dog Junction. So sit down, relax, and listen up. Okay. Chapter one. Logan causes trouble. The Reed Dog gains a reporter. And a new friend comes to town. The cloud of dust was easy to see from Cisco and Rio's viewpoint on top of the cliff, overlooking Wild Dog Junction. Rio said to his best friend, Cisco, Do you think that's the stage? Or is it more wild horses? Or is it buffalo? What do you think? I can't smell anything. Can you smell anything yet? Cisco answered his fidgety friend's last question first. No, I can't smell anything yet. And the stage is probably too far away anyway. Just be patient. The two young dogs had a great view. Their hometown of Wild Dog Junction was directly below in a long, wide valley. It was a fairly typical western town with one main street, lined with several wood frame buildings. To the north were a couple of cattle ranches surrounding the Wild Dog Gold Mine, the reason for the town's existence. South of town was the dusty stagecoach trail. Up on the cliff, tall trees surrounded the two dogs, the Douglas firs, pines, and other evergreens made the air fragrant. Down below them on the other side of town, the land was rolling hills, covered in long grasses turning golden in the summer heat. Rio was trying very hard to be still, but was fidgeting anyway. He didn't have long to wait. Soon the dust cloud over the closest hill grew larger. At the same time, 
The breeze brought them the scent of horses and horse sweat, leather, and several dogs. They could also hear the stagecoach driver, Sadie, barking loudly to her horses. Yee-haw! Hop, hop, hop! Rio, up on his feet and dancing in place, said, That's the stage! It's time to go! Let's go! Cisco didn't answer, but took off downhill. Rio quickly caught up with him, and running side by side, the two ran as fast as they could. Both were adolescent, athletic, medium-sized dogs, black with copper and white markings, gangly, long-legged, and still a little awkward. But as awkward as teenagers can be, they're also foolhardy. And the two young dogs were racing towards the town at Wild Dog Junction at a breakneck speed so they could beat the stage to town. Jumping over the stage in Manzanita, leaping over gullies and washes, they were neck and neck as they dashed into town. Although the two young dogs usually beat the stage in, today was different. Sisko was the first to see that the stagecoach was already stopped in the street between the general store and the town's only boarding house. The stage driver, Sadie, was taking the harness off her horses right there in the middle of the main street. Normally, after the passengers got off the stage and their luggage was unloaded in front of Gina's boarding house, horses were driven to the town stable. Sisko knew something was wrong if she was changing her routine, so he stopped by the side of the general store, where he could stay out of the way and yet still see and hear what was going on. Rio, always the impulsive one, kept going towards the stagecoach, but looked back at his friend. Come on! Sisko shook his head no. As Sadie was taking the harnesses off her tired, lathered, and yet still excited horses, Rupe, who owns the livery stable, walked up to her. She said brusquely, Check racer, please. He was having a hard time keeping up with the other three. I don't know what's wrong. As the horses were freed from their harnesses, Sadie began walking them up and down the street, letting them relax and breathe. When one horse tried to go to the water trough, she told him, Not yet, runner. You need to cool down before you drink. Sisko heard his father inside the general store talking to Kona and Riker, the town's founders, who were, as normal, sitting on the front porch. As Sisko's father, Bashir, walked out on the porch, Riker said, Looks like trouble, brother. Although Kona and Riker often spend most of their days now on the front porch of the general store, that hadn't always been so. The brothers left home while still young. They wanted to find adventure and perhaps some wealth. So they joined the ranks of those exploring the Wild West regions of North America. When gold was discovered in California, they joined the gold rush. They were lucky enough to find some. They named their mine the Wild Dog Gold Mine. And as Kona said, we dug up enough to not have to dig anymore. Then they homesteaded two ranches, side by side on land that surrounded the Wild Dog Gold Mine. They raised cattle, grew fruit and nut trees, and vegetables. They sold what they produced to fellow gold miners. Today, Gromit manages the ranches and much of the meat and produce feeds the residents of Wild Dog Junction. As other dogs followed Kona and Riker West, including their half-brothers Bashir and Logan, and the stagecoach line came looking for a stopover location, the town of Wild Dog Junction came to be. Although older now with some gray on their muzzles, Kona and Riker were, and still are, happy dogs who were vital to the smooth operation of the town, the mine, and their two ranches. As Bashir was talking to Kona and Riker, Sisko stepped forward so his father could see him. But before he could say anything, Bashir said to his quiet son, Aren't you supposed to be in school? Sisko could hear Kona and Riker laughing at Bashir's question. 
He flattened his ears back and looked away from his father. Sorry, Dad. Rio wanted to watch the stage come in. Bashir's stub of a tail wagged slightly as he answered. Oh, and you didn't? Trying to distract his father, Sisko said. Uh, Dad, something's wrong. Sadie drove the horses hard into town. We saw the dust cloud hills away. Kona, who was blind, said, Those horses smell of fear, Bashir. Something happened on this run, and Sadie sounds awful excited. Bashir, sniffing towards the horses and then taking a good look at them, didn't even answer his son or brother, but walked towards the horses as he called to Sadie. You usually don't push the horses this hard, Sadie. What happened? She said, well, I wanted to cool the horses down before I called you, but since you're here, help me walk them and I'll tell you. Bashir took speed and hurries lead ropes and walked with Sadie, who was still leading runner. Roop was rubbing down Racer, whose head was hanging low, with the horses breathing hard over his back. Bashir asked the distraught, blonde, curly-coated, small dog, What happened? With her tail tucked tight to her back legs, her ears back, and a growl in her voice, she looked Bashir in the eyes and said, Your brother happened, Bashir. Logan happened. Bashir's hackle stood up on his back as he growled and said, Oh, what now? We were coming out of the last stage stop. I picked up two passengers. She looked back to the stagecoach and saw two obviously frightened dogs huddled together. And they're not very happy right now. As they turned the horses and walked back up the street, Sadie continued, We'd had a good run, the horses were pulling nicely, and the weather wasn't too warm. The trail was in good shape. But then as we crested Lone Pine Hill, Logan's group came at us from up the trail. They were pulling their normal stuff, shooting pistols and trying to stop the horses by blocking the trail. She walked Gunner towards the water trough, and Bashir followed. Well, luckily the horses were fresh, and they aren't spooked by gunfire. They ran right through Logan's gang, and I think we even knocked down two of them. When we topped the last hill, Logan and his gang turned back. With her eyes flashing, teeth showing, and ears forward, she told Bashir, Mayor, the thing is, I wasn't carrying any money or gold. I have some supplies for the general store and two passengers, but that's it. Why is he harassing the stage now? As the roof, a big, handsome, short-haired yellow dog came up with Racer, allowing the tired horse a drink, Bashir told Sadie, I'll go talk to the sheriff. I'm sure she's going to want to talk to you, too, and probably your passengers. But go take care of your horses. She knows where to find you. As Roop and Sadie led the horses toward the stable, Roop said, Racer's okay, Sadie. He's just tired. Sadie... Tired herself now that her problem was in someone else's capable paws, whimpered. Good. Thanks, Roop. Walking away, Bashir, who besides running the general store also served as the town's unpaid mayor, called back to the livery stable owner. Roop, could you bring a couple of fresh horses up to get the stagecoach out of the street? Roop barked, no problem, to the mayor. Real who had been listening intently, dashed back to Cisco. Did you hear? Logan and his gang tried to rob the stagecoach again. Your dad is mad, and I bet the sheriff is going to try and find them. Cisco had been listening, too, but he'd also been watching the two passengers as they got off the stage. Covered with dust, they looked around with wide eyes, but they didn't move. In fact, the larger dog, who looked young, was definitely afraid. Cisco told Rio, Why don't you go find the sheriff? I'm going to go see who the new dogs are. Looking towards the sheriff's office, Rio said, Well, your dad's already gone for Storm. I want to meet the new dogs, too. As Bashir walked towards the sheriff's office, he thought about his brother, and as he did, his hackle rose down his back. 
Sheeran and Logan are half-brothers to the town's founders, Riker and Kona. Both dogs are intelligent, medium-sized, strong dogs. But that's where any resemblance ends. Bashir is calm, steady, solid as a rock. If you're a friend of Bashir's, you know he'll always have your back. Some of the town's lady dogs think this steadiness is boring, while many male dogs underestimate his strength. But his friends, his friends would follow him anywhere. Logan, however, couldn't and didn't follow Bashir's path. Logan always tended to be a little wild. He was sent back east during adolescence to a military school to see if his wild ways could be curbed. Unfortunately, he was expelled after one too many destructive escapades. He returned to Wild Dog Junction with his partner in crime from school, Wyatt. When Logan and Wyatt continued to get in trouble in town, Conan Riker told Storm to chase the young dogs out. Since then, they and well, several other dogs had made a career out of harassing law-abiding dogs. When Bashir approached the sheriff's office, he found her standing in the doorway, looking towards the stagecoach. She asked Bashir, Logan again? Bashir growled, yes. Storm sighed and turned back to her desk. A young, long, lean, athletic dog with a silver sable coat, a long tail and upright ear, she said. Did he and his gang get anything? No. Sadie and her horses plowed right through the gang and then outran them. She said they stopped at the last hill before town. Storm said, Sadie can do more with those horses than anyone I know. I think they'd run themselves to death for her. Sheer answered, They almost did. Racer was done in when they got into town. Baruch says he's going to be okay. Bashir continued, Storm, we're going to need to do something about Logan and his group. They're getting far too bold. Although no one's been hurt yet. Racer could have been, and Sadie had two passengers. I haven't talked to them yet, but they looked pretty shook up. The sheriff, her tail swishing behind her, betraying her distress, said, I know, Bashir, but chasing the stagecoach isn't against the law. Neither is shooting guns in the air. They've been threatening, but they haven't actually done anything yet, or at least that we don't know of. I can detain them for threats, but I don't have anything to charge them for. Bashir growled. Storm ducked her head, and seeing her, Bashir said, Oh, I'm, I'm not upset at you. I know you're right. I just want to stop my brother before something really happens. Looking a little happier, Storm said, Look, Bashir, will you come with me to talk to Riker and Kona? We need some help with this. I need to talk to Sadie, too, when she's calmed down. As Cisco and Rio approached the two new dogs, they saw that Gina was already there. Gina and her late husband were early settlers in town. Both were German immigrants, and in fact, even now, years later, Gina still has a German accent. Although her husband passed away shortly after they built their impressive three-story house, Gina decided to remain in town rather than go back to Germany. Famous for her excellent quilts, she has been able to support herself by selling quilts and renting out rooms in her home. She's known to be a fair but firm landlady. There's never any funny stuff in her boarding house. Since the town doesn't have a hotel, newcomers always stay with Gina, and those who don't need a house stay on as permanent residents. As Gina approached them, the smallest of the two stagecoach passengers, a small, short-haired white dog who had several black and tan spots, asked her, um, I was told to ask for Gina. 
Are you Gina? My name is Quill. With a W, I'm the new reporter for the town newspaper. Rio said to Cisco quietly, Uh, really? Jasper and Lily need a reporter? Cisco replied, There isn't enough news in this town for one newspaper. I wonder why they think they need another reporter. Rio said, Oh, oh, I know why he's here. Look at Quill, Cisco. I bet he's related to Jasper and Lily. In fact, as Rio was speaking, Jasper and Lily came out of Gina's boarding house. The two are brother and sister, and like Quill, are small, short-haired white dogs with spots of color. Their tails were short but active, and always a dead giveaway of any emotion they were feeling. Jasper and Lily had been reporters for a large newspaper in Chicago, but were frustrated at the lack of advancement. Hearing of the gold rush, they came west to California and settled in Wild Dog Junction. They founded the Reed Dog, a weekly four-page newspaper. As Jasper and Lily reached the stagecoach, Quill saw them and ran to greet them. The reunion was loud. There was barking and whining and happy growling while tails were wagging happily. There was also lots of bouncing around. (laughs) Finally, Gina, a stocky, staid, and definitely prim older dog who never bounced and who disapproved of all bouncing, barked. Please, Quill, are you going to need a room? Jasper, still smiling, said, I'm sorry, Gina. We haven't seen Quill in a long time. In fact, he was a puppy when we left Chicago. But no, he won't need a room. He can stay in my room with me. As the three small dogs headed across the street towards the newspaper's small office, Gina grumbled under her breath and turned to the other passenger. And you are? Uh, My name is Toby, said the golden-colored young dog, still gangly and awkward. Toby had a medium-length coat, a long tail, and red highlights on his ears and down his back. An attractive dog. His entire attitude right now was distressed. Um, I, I have a letter for Mr. Kona. Hearing his name, Kona barked to the young dog. I'm Kona. We were expecting you, Toby. Come on over. Gina, this pup will need a room. Gina answered. I'll get it ready. Send him over when you're done with him. Grabbing his bag off the stagecoach, Toby carried it over to the boardwalk in front of the general store. Sitting in front of Kona and Riker, he said, uh, I have a letter from my parents, Mr. Kona. Well, give it to Riker. I can't read any more. Riker took the letter and, breaking the seal on the envelope, pulled out a letter and some bills. Well, they've sent enough money to pay Toby's room and board. In their letter, they say, Thank you for taking on their mischievous son. Looking at the young dog, Riker said, I assume you know that you're not going to get away with stuff like that here. Right? Toby, crouching low with his ears back and tail tugged tight to his back legs, said, I understand, sir. I I never try to cause trouble. It It just seems to happen. Kona laughed. We're not so old that we don't understand, Toby. Riker barked. Hey, Cisco, Rio. The two of you are trying very hard to hear, so you might as well come help. As the two young dogs approached, he said, Toby, this is Cisco. He's your age, and he's the son of the Wild Dog Junction's mayor and storekeep. This other pup, he's Rio. He's the excitable one. Cisco, Rio, take Toby over to Gina's and get him moved into his room. Rio, with a huge smile and a wiggling stub of a tail, said hi to Toby and grabbed his bag. Come on, Toby, let's go over to Gina's. We'll help you get him packed. Cisco was always much quieter than his friend said. Hi, Toby. I saw you were afraid of Gina. Don't worry. She growls a lot. Sometimes snaps, but she never bites. She just wants everyone to behave themselves. Toby said, Oh, thanks. She's kind of scary. 
Seeing the three young dogs come in the kitchen door, Gina said, Take him up to the third floor. He can have the empty room in the back. Make sure he understands my rules. As the three young dogs headed up the stairs, Riker followed them into Gina's kitchen. Here's his money for rent and food, Gina. His parents have sent enough for the next two years. So make sure he gets everything he needs. What on earth did he do that they sent him out here by himself, Riker? I don't know all the details, but apparently he and some friends attempted to pull a prank on one of their school teachers. It would have been harmless, but something went wrong. I don't know all the details, and the teacher was hurt. So Toby and his friends were all expelled. Toby has been a good puppy. He got good grades. Hadn't been in trouble before. But his parents are embarrassed and horrified. And, well, since we're good friends, they asked if he could come out west. Gina said, He knows I will not put up with any pranks in my house, right? Riker grinned. Gina, that poor pup is so scared right now, he won't try anything. In the last few weeks, he heard a teacher, got expelled from school, his folks sent him all away by himself, and then Logan's gang harassed the stagecoaches that came into town. That poor pup is going to be jumping at shadows for a while. Gina just grumbled. Sisko, who was following Rio and Toby up the stairs, heard the entire conversation, and he looked thoughtfully up at Toby. As Rio led Toby into his new room, Sisko said, So, you got in trouble at school? Toby said quietly, Yeah, I was stupid. Rio asked, well, What'd you do, huh? Something exciting? Did you blow something up? We're studying mining now, and I can't wait until we blow stuff up. Toby answered, No, I, I didn't blow anything up, and I'd, I'd really rather not talk about it. Rio said as he bounced from the bed to the floor and back up on the bed again, Why not? We won't tell anybody, right, Cisco? We won't say anything. Cisco said quietly, Rio, just sit down for a minute and be quiet. <laughs> Toby, you don't need to tell us anything. Lots of dogs come out here with stories they don't want to talk about. Toby asked, looking at Cisco, Did you? Well, no, I was born here, and so was Rio. But not many other dogs were. Most have come from someplace else. Looking directly at his friend Rio, Cisco said, Most people don't care what happened before you got here, so you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Rio added with a big grin. But if you do want to talk about it, we'll listen. Hey, how about we give you a new name to go with your new life? How about Prep School Toby? That would work, wouldn't it, Cisco? Cisco walked up to Toby, nosed him softly, and said, Rio's pretty silly most of the time, but he's a good friend. And I like you, too. So we can all be friends. Toby's tail wagged. And at that, we've got to call it quits. That's about halfway through the first chapter. So we've tempted you. And if uh, you want to take a look at it, go to our website, www.kindredspiritscanine, the letter K, number nine, dot com. You can download it. And uh, then keep checking back to see when the new chapters will be posted. <laughs> like I say, the new chapters will be 99 cents, and that'll be to benefit the Kindred Spirit Service Dog Training Program, which is a 501c3. And it's a definitely a worthy cause. And in the future, when it's up, and another podcast, we'll be talking about taking pictures. Yes, yes. To oh, illustrate. Oh, oh the, yeah. the photo shoot we had was... Oh, it's hysterical. Fun. Oh, my God. Absolutely so hysterical. But that's worthy of an entire new podcast. So we won't go there right now. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you'll tune in again next time. See ya. I'm Peter Zing. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? 
Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> 